this uh, three-part podcast's title is the punchline of a conversation I had with a very talented risk manager, also called David. I will take you on a journey into the world of structured products and hedging strategies used by traders such as myself in the late 90s. The principles of hedging have not changed, only become more sophisticated in line with product design evolution. In the late 90s, the capital guarantee product was all the rage. One could go to any branch and pick up a leaflet explaining that you can invest in equities where the bank would return the initial capital investment if the markets failed to go up. The products had incredible optics. That reminds me of an all-you-can-eat buffet where they put the cheap bulk food at the front. The restaurant somewhat wins, but at the same time, I always felt I got my money's worth. I will come back to optics in a separate podcast, and it's a very exciting concept in its own right. The banks can split out components of the structured product and send the risk to different departments. Treasury would pay an upfront fee to take the investor's cash and give it back at the end without paying interest. The fee, or premium, goes to the derivatives trader who manages the long exposure to the equity index or stocks. If being long a stock has a straight line profit profile, then this exposure is like a hockey stick in that profit only occurs on the upside and is flat elsewhere. We call these derivatives calls, and the opposite where the holder profits when the stock goes down is a put. The names hark back when we have used to have mercantile exchanges like the Chicago CME, New York, where Eddie Murphy made a killing on Frozen OJ, and London's Life. The hand signals for a sell or short are away from the body in a push gesture. Ah, those were the days. These structured products mature, say, after three or five years, so the derivatives trader manages the short call profile for the same period. Ideally, the call option gets lost in a large portfolio and the trader keeps the risk under control to minimise the volatility of its P&L, or profit and loss. To minimise the P&L, traders will buy options with much a short maturity and do a stack and roll, that I've mentioned several times, most notably the let's stack and roll like we did last summer. The question that needs answering is why would the trader not just purchase longer dated options? The answer is twofold. The first is that selling long dated derivatives is expensive for the bank. To, so therefore to offer and therefore restricts retail customers' usage, where the margins make it worthwhile. The second reason is that the art of profitable trading operation is to be the middle person by taking a spread on both the short positions and the options purchased. We will cover this in part two. Now we need to talk about the Greeks. Not Greece the nation that built the Pantheon, but the alphabet. Derivatives folk come from a mathematics or physics background, so use the Greek alphabet as part of the barrier to entry to exclude non-practitioners. Okay, so deep breath as we discuss the first two Greeks, Delta and Gamma, before closing this part one. I would advise you to re-listen to this section a couple of times, well, mainly to increase my listening figures. I'm, of course, kidding. 
Now, the kink in the hockey stick profile creates several risks not present in stock trading. Delta is the easiest as it, it measures the exposure to the stock for small movements. If you have short a call option on 10 stocks and the delta is 60%, you can hedge the PL from small movements in, in the stock by purchasing six stocks. The small movement is essential because the delta changes, requiring the trader to buy or sell more stock for larger movements. For example, if the stock rises dramatically a long way from that kink, then the option delta goes up to 100%. So the trader has to buy four more at a higher price. If the stock collapses so that it is unlikely to have any value, the trader needs to sell the six they own into a falling market. When the stock reverses course, the trader has to unwind the previous hedge at a loss, whereas they should have just sat there doing nothing. Like comedy, the most crucial aspect of what is called dynamic hedging is timing. How sensitive the trader's portfolio to volatile movements in the stock is the gamma. We call the example above where the trader buys high and sells low a short gamma position. Short gamma has a similar risk profile to, say, household insurance, where there are a small premium and a fast but unlikely payoff. Before you wonder why any trader should be short gamma, is that they receive compensation through the premium. The profitability of the trade rests with not spending more in hedging than the trader receives from the premium. I think that's enough for one podcast. Stay tuned for part two of Only Super Bright People Get to Lose $1 Billion.